Welcome back to the third part of our chapter two dissection of Strayer. Um, in this section, we're looking at the rise of states, so the rise of government. And government is what replaced uh, the, the previous um, way of controlling small groups of people with kinship or uh, through family lines and that the elders would be the ones that kind of led the group. Uh, this all changed uh, when we became civilized and the groups became too big to do that. So government stands up or government is created to, to do this. And so if we look at that first section on coercion, uh, we'll see that uh, the state solves these widespread issues that uh, are these large issues that just small groups of people couldn't solve. Um, and uh, it also will protect the privileges of those of the elite because, well, the ones that run the government are the elite. Um, so we see things like uh, people being forced to build and pay taxes. Uh, they're being forced to build public works, things like irrigation systems, walls, uh, anything that the public might need uh, that will better it for everyone, as well as the taxes then help to pay for people to do that or pay for the materials for that. And then uh, they also create law codes that will then lower the rates of crimes happening, the, one of the biggest ones being interpersonal killings or murder. Uh, they, they lower that um, because they, they get to enforce it, or they can enforce those laws and force people to, to follow them. And if they don't follow them, they get punished. Uh, it could be a fine, it could be physical punishment, it could be death. Uh, any of those things were on the table then. And um, the last thing here that really supports uh, these governments is not only do the people give consent to them uh, to govern, but then also religions uh, prop them up uh, in saying that the gods support our king or our king is a son of a god or whatever the case may be in, in the civilization you're in. And so that uh, gives them more power, gives them more respect because if you're going against that leader, you're going against gods or the wills of the gods. And uh, at the same time, though, it also gives them a little bit constrained in that the religion is over them and can call them out if something is, is going wrong and say the gods are angry with them. Um, so it also allows them to rein in if bad things are happening. Uh, you can blame it on the gods um, not liking them anymore. So that's that coercion and consent section. Uh, then we got the right and account, and uh, this is huge. Writing is huge for these civilizations. Without it, um, it's really difficult for them to stay organized. And so uh, literacy... Uh, the ability to read became an elite uh, status symbol. If you could read, you were part of the elites because not most people couldn't do it. And most people didn't need to do it. If you're a basic farmer or, or smithy or something like that, you don't need to be able to read. Uh, but if you're an accountant or you're a lawmaker or whatever, you do need to be able to read. Um, and you could also create with this stories for propaganda or stories to tell a common narrative. Uh, you can create... Uh, or you can account, like we talked about, uh, what your expenses are. You can create calendars to track when the seasons are going in, and so you can tell people when to plant. Uh, you can create laws that regulate what people can do. Uh, you got a lot of options there in what you can do with your written language. And um, with all that, especially with that propaganda piece and the common stories or narratives, it allows you to then create literature. It allows you to write down philosophies and ideas that you have that then can be expounded upon by later generations instead of people having to have it memorized. And uh, it allows things like math and astronomy and, and history to happen, uh, which is now, uh, when we get to this age of writing, we're now actually in the age of history. Uh, before that, everything is, is prehistory. And then uh, last major thing to kind of take out of that section is writing 
uh, although it's great for the elites, it's an elite thing, uh, also becomes a, a method for people to critique the elites. Uh, you can do it through your stories and you can kind of hide it in there and not be outright going against them. Uh, but it becomes a way for the oppressed to speak out and um, challenge the ruling classes. And then you have the last area there, uh, the grandeur of kings. I really honestly didn't take much down in that section. Uh, you can see that it's it's got a little bit of um, space, but it's only two paragraphs or so. So there isn't much to take out. Uh, the big things that I put in is they, the, the kings will usually live in a great big palace. Uh, they had the best clothes, jewelry, and they had the most elaborate burials of all the groups. And, and that really sets them apart. But we can also think of that. That's also going to be something common for the elites. They're going to have those bigger houses, more elaborate burials, better clothes. Um, so they live a slightly better lifestyle. And that's kind of the big thing to take away. And so we'll get into the, the comparison between Mesopotamia and Egypt next in this last section.